Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I mean, this one this, this one hurts. Third and three. Fields, more pressure. Side steps, tucks it away. Tries to the football. It is loose, and it's going to be picked up by Green Bay. Disaster for the Bears gets worse. To play this game, you have to have passion, and you have to have emotion. So, yeah, yeah, this hurts. We didn't bring the juice and hype to the party today. We lost, and we just got to go back to the drawing board. Now. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Justin Fields drives. Here's Kevin Powell. Well, it can't get much worse than what it was against Green Bay, right? Let's hope not. Otherwise, it's going to be a very long season. That was a disaster against the Packers. They were outplayed, and they were definitely outcoached. The Packers were ready. They had a game plan for Justin Fields. They didn't ask Jordan Love to do too much. And they still rolled the Bears. So let's hope there are some fixes at Hallis Hall this week. They didn't really give us a ton of answers of what exactly what went wrong, other than them pointing to focus and energy. Those were things we heard about this week at Hallis Hall. And Chase Claypool, that was an ugly performance. We'll see if he actually plays against the Buccaneers. Welcome in. This is Episode 70 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell, joined by Alex Shapiro, covers the Bears for NBC Sports Chicago. So we'll get into a little bit of the disaster that was the Packers game and look ahead to Sunday's matchup with the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Alex Shapiro from NBC Sports Chicago covers the Bears. Joining me now on the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Alex, uh, before we get on to the matchup with Tampa Bay, uh, you know, didn't get a ton of answers from the Bears on what exactly what went wrong against Green Bay, where it was really one of those games where it was hard to find a silver lining. Like, there there wasn't a whole lot of good there at all. And I know Luke Getzey said that. There was a couple things Fields did. But in general, that was... That was about as bad as it gets. I think the hope moving forward is that is as bad as it gets, and that is one of their worst games of the year, and they do turn the page and and put a much better performance together against the Buccaneers. But for the most part, Alex, from what we've heard from coaches and players, and the players talked about energy and focus and things like that, which is kind of hard to wrap your head around the fact that they weren't ready to go against Green Bay in Week 1, but... It was bad. Like, it was really, really bad against the Packers, and it does put a lot of pressure on this Week 2 matchup, I think. Yeah, no, I I agree entirely. I think it's hard to get answers for what went wrong because it seems like everything went wrong. I mean, you can look at various plays and say, what is the scheme here? You know, I will will take that third down in in the red zone, inside the 10, as an example, right? The Bears tell us it's an RPO. Um, and if it's an RPO, the blocking doesn't quite look right. Um, maybe Justin is supposed to hand it off, but he decides to pull it. But then once he does pull it, there doesn't seem to be a ton of concepts towards the side of the field that he's running to. So, okay, the scheme isn't great. And then we're looking at, you know, the screens. Why are there so many screens? Well, actually, if you look at some of those screens, if they're just blocked up properly, they should have been. They should have been really big games. Uh, the one where Robert Tunyon let somebody run right past him in particular, the Bears have everybody accounted for. So if everybody just blocks, it should be a big game. Um, and that, that was kind of the deal on a lot of those screens, where if the Bears 
on the field can just execute, just do their job, it probably looks a whole lot better. So you have execution issues. Um, and then just like communication errors. Third and one, uh, the Bears on defense, the Bears don't have their best pass rushers, their best run blockers on the field. They have their second stringers on the field. Uh, after the game, Demarcus Walker says, yeah, I know exactly what went wrong there. Um, I'm not going to say, but we know we can correct it. Uh, or the first time the Bears get on offense now inside the 10-yard line, Chase Claypool and DJ Moore come off the field, and all of us are like, wait, what's going on? Eberflus after the game says, yeah, I don't really know about that. That was that was maybe a rotation thing. Maybe he needed a blow. Um, Tyke Tolbert after the game was like, yeah, DJ Moore took himself off the field, and we called a play for DJ and then realized, wait, he's not on the field. So now there's communication issues. Mm-hmm. So just pretty much every facet of the game, it seems like the Bears came up short against the Packers. Uh, so that's why it seems like it's kind of hard to get a clear answer on what went wrong because it just seems like so much went wrong in so many different phases of the game. Yeah. So uh, if you're looking for a silver lining, it's that you would hope that things can only go up from here, right? The execution can only get better. Uh, the play calling, you know, I'll give Luke Getzey a lot of credit. They learned a lot from their mistakes last year, and they made adjustments. They adapted, and things improved. Um, and communication is an easy fix, right? To just communicate better. So we'll see if, you know, incremental improvements in each of those departments should go a long way towards the Bears playing more competitive. And I think one of the demoralizing parts of Sunday's loss to the Packers for Bears fans was, one, there was hype, right? There was build-up, Justin Fields, maybe this is the year he takes a big step. All the things we know. Um, was effort and the lack of effort and there, there were games last year with the Bears who nobody would disagree with the fact that they have more talent on the roster right now than they did at any point last season. There were upgrades on both sides of the ball. And the Bears were in a lot of games last year that none of us thought they were really going to be in. At least they showed some fight. They showed some effort. They showed the whole hits mm-hmm. principle that Matt Eberflus talks about. And then to have lack of effort, at least that's how it, it came off to me and I think to a lot of Bears fans. When you see guys running past receivers on the perimeter – and making plays, and Chase Claypool is doing whatever he's doing out there. That part, to me, was almost the most surprising. It's like that that wasn't the team we saw last year. They weren't good last year. We know this. They won three games. They were the worst team in the NFL. But they showed a lot of fight and effort, and I didn't see really any of it on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it, it certainly seemed, especially in that second half, like they took their foot off the gas, they fizzled. And Jalen Johnson spoke to this, basically said execution breeds effort. So if we execute better, we'll have more energy. It's hard to have energy when things don't go your way. But I don't know about that. You know, they're gonna have they're gonna face adversity all year long. You know, every single game there are gonna be things that don't go their way. The momentum is gonna swing to the other team. And in those moments, there are moments where you have to manufacture energy. You have to get up on the sideline, even when things aren't going your way. So, yeah, I think that's something that will need to be addressed. Uh, We heard Jaquan Brisker and Justin Fields apparently talked about that after the game Mm -hmm. uh, amongst themselves about, hey, how do we manufacture energy? So, again, there's something we saw in training camp as well, if if you remember. The defense was really bringing it to the offense, and the offense wasn't giving it back. They discussed they started to bring more energy at training camp. It kind of went away. But now it's reared its head again, so you know maybe they need to revisit those things that they did in training camp to uh, 
to generate energy because, in my opinion, you, you can't rely on execute on execution to, to generate energy. You're going to have to make some yourself sometimes. Do you think uh, Chase Claypool will be active against the Buccaneers? Yes, I do. Um, Tyke Tolbert essentially said, it was, you know, when we asked him, hey, is Chase going to be inactive? He's like, have you guys heard something that I haven't? Uh, he's been taking all his reps. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Tyke Tolbert expects him to be out there. I also expect him to be out there. He's too talented, and I still think he's too important to this offense to sit, even though we've heard with the hits principle, hey, you don't meet the hits principle, you won't play. Um, I think he will. And according to Ty Tolbert, he's really brought it this week in practice that uh, Chase has kind of rededicated himself. And Ty was singing his high praises about how he attacked practice this year. Um, now, you might see another wide receiver active, both Bayless Jones and EQ were were inactive, right? Equinemius St. Brown. Um, but Dylan Cole is back. Uh, so that those inactive things probably came down to a special teams decision. If Dylan Cole is back on teams, uh, maybe that opens up a spot for another wide receiver. And we know EQ is really good at blocking on the perimeter. So I don't think Chase is going to be down. I think they're just going to bring another wide receiver up. That's that's how I see that more likely playing out. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think they're going to all of a sudden just bench Claypool after week one, uh, that performance. But if, if there's another performance like that, then I think there's some serious discussions. And, and they've invested so much, right? Think of what they gave to Pittsburgh to, to get Chase Claypool. They've got to find a way to make it work. I don't see them hitting the... Uh, the Chase Claypool panic button yet and benching him just yet. But I do expect St. Brown, Equinemius St. Brown, to be active. We heard Justin Fields talk about the perimeter blocking that St. Brown provides and how that's a strong part of his game. And even Fields said, I think that was something we were missing on Sunday. So I'm with you. I think Claypool plays, and I think St. Brown is active against the Buccaneers. Let's talk about the Buccaneers. Let's talk about Sunday's matchup where, again, the game against the Packers, that has to be like one of your, like the worst performance of the season, right? You've got to move on from that. You've got to get better from that. Uh, the Buccaneers do, did some, do some things that the Packers did in week one, which is blitz a whole lot and put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. And I expect to see that again from Tampa Bay's defense. I mean, Green Bay clearly had a game plan. I think Matt Eberflus and his staff was entirely outcoached in that game against Green Bay. But if, you, if, if you're if you Tampa Bay, you watch that tape. I mean, there was not a lot of space for Justin Fields at all. He was not able to save the offense with his highlight reel runs like we saw last year. Green Bay was ready for it. Everybody's going to be ready for it. Um, how do you see, see Sunday's matchup playing out, Alex? I think it's going to be closer than week one was. Um, you're right. You know, Todd Bowles is known for bringing – Lots of exotic blitz packages to try and confuse quarterbacks, to try and pressure quarterbacks. But I actually think if we're getting into the nitty-gritty and we're looking for silver linings, I think the Bears actually did a much better job picking up stunts, picking up twists, um, the, the communication uh, from the Packers' defensive line. I think the, the communication and the, the handoffs on the offensive line were actually really solid. Um, and that's something that they struggled doing last season. So hopefully for Bears, that translates into – communication to pick up blitzes. Um, a lot of that's going to be on Justin Fields to recognize it and adjust protections, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously the guys up front, again, comes down to execution. They've got to do their job. But uh, the way that they picked up the twists and the stunts, 
I think maybe the Bears can do a better job. To me, it's going to come down to takeaways. Uh, the Vikings gave the Buccaneers tons of extra opportunities and short fields so that Baker Mayfield really did not have to move the ball too, too much uh, to, to score points, right? So if the Bears can take care of the football, that should make things harder on Baker Mayfield and that Buccaneers offense. And then speaking of the Buccaneers offense, Aaron Jones was such a huge X factor for the Packers against the Bears. I don't think the Buccaneers have a running back like that. Uh, obviously, Mike Evans is a phenomenal player. Chris Godwin's a phenomenal player. And the nickelback situation is going to be interesting, right? The Bears yeah. could be playing their third-string nickelback because Kyler Gordon's on IR. Josh Blackwell, DNP on Thursday. And stay tuned for that injury report uh, on Friday. Um, so Chris Godwin could be an X-factor, but I think the Bears' secondary is probably better than their front four. So they match up better against strong wide receiver teams, in my opinion, than teams that have great premier running backs like the Packers did. So I think it'll be a closer game. I'm actually picking the Bears to win just because it feels like a must win. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've got them winning a close one. Yeah, and as for much as we all want to see Fields take a step in the passing game and he has weapons around him, obviously we want to see him take more shots with DJ Moore. There's a lot that goes into that. We'd like to see Chase Claypool more involved, all of that. The Bears led the league in rushing last year. And a big part of that, of course, was Justin Fields and his ability to, to get into space. Um, but they've got some real talent in the running back room. And there weren't a whole bunch of highlights in Sunday's game from the Bears, but Roshan Johnson did have a couple, right? And fans are going to love him because the way he runs the football. And again, establishing the passing game is huge moving forward for Justin Fields in this offense. But as you said, it does feel like a crucial game. I wouldn't be surprised if they lean a little bit on that running game and trying to get all three running backs involved, trying to get fields in space a little bit. Uh, I think that could be a recipe for a victory for the Bears on Sunday. Absolutely. You know, they got to play to their strengths, and their strengths are the running backs, as you said. Uh, the run blocking, I don't think, was particularly good week one. So, again, execution. They've got to do better. Uh, I think it'll still be a pretty balanced attack between Colel, Deonta Foreman, and Roshan Johnson, you know, I, I think an even distribution for the most part is something to expect. And, uh, yeah, they they got to get Justin Fields going with his legs. Now, interestingly, you know, the Packers had tons of spies, right? They just basically always had contain on Justin Fields. The Bucks, if there's blitzing, that could lead to more opportunities for Justin Fields. If he's able to evade that first rush, if he's able to mm-hmm. evade a blitzer, that opens up the middle of the field for him to scramble in a way that wasn't open for him against the Packers. Yeah, and the Packers did such a great job, right? Like anytime you thought there was a little bit of a window where at times last year Fields was able to to find it, Green Bay closed it fast. And I was, you know, I was impressed with what the Packers were able to do defensively against Justin Fields. Uh, you mentioned Kyler Gordon being down. That's something obviously we're going to be watching on Sunday as well. Um but I'm kind of with you. Like I, I feel like the pressure has immediately been turned up on this team, and things I think can really spiral if they do, if they are blown out in this one and they look how they did against the Packers. Uh, but I think the Bears are going to win. I do. I think it's going to be close. I think I'm picking the Bears 24-23, something like that. I do expect a close game. But it does feel like a crucial one early on, Alex. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot about this team this week. How do they respond, right? We always hear about that. How do you respond to adversity? The way they had, uh, responded to adversity in week one, in the midst of the game, wasn't up to snuff. Now how do they respond to adversity with a week of practice? 
are they uh, going to fold again if if things don't go their way? Are they going to show more fight right out the gate? Is the execution going to be better? Are we going to feel that energy? If so, then okay, we probably don't need to panic on the season being lost as a whole. But if they turn in another total stinker, total dud, oof, I mean, buckle up for a long year. Yeah. Uh, what was your assessment of Darnell Wright's first game? You know, I think in a lot of snaps he was solid, but against Rashawn Gary in particular, it was a it was a tough night. Rashawn Gary, it seemed to seemed to get the better of him every single time. I think the Bears were actually very fortunate that he was on a uh, a snap count as he kind of ramps up from injury. He missed a lot of last year with an injury, uh, so that was fortunate for the Bears. Uh, and then there was just one rep in particular. It was a cup block against Lucas Van Ness that I didn't think was up to snuff. So it was kind of up and down, which is what you expect from a rookie tackle in the NFL. You know, no matter how good you are, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get challenged. So there were some good plays, and you look at that and you say, okay, yeah, that's awesome. That's the player we thought we were getting here. And then you look at some plays, and it's like, yo, welcome to the NFL. Rashawn Gary is legit. Right. Um, so yeah, up and down. That's Alex Shapiro covers the Bears for NBC Sports Chicago. Follow him on Twitter, Alex Shapiro, NBCS. You can uh, hear his stuff at Under Center Podcast as well. Read his stuff at NBCSportsChicago.com. Alex, appreciate the time. I'm with you, though. I am predicting a Bears victory. They need this one bad. Uh, But thanks again for jumping on the podcast. Appreciate the time. Of course. Thanks for having me. Fun as always, Kevin. And that's going to do it for Episode 70 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast, sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Justin Fields drives. Thank you to our local Chevy dealers for sponsoring the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks again to Alex Shapiro. Let's hope the Bears pull it out on Sunday. They need this one. They need it bad in Tampa Bay. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kevin Powell. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.